Hello, this is Kenya, and welcome to my Magical Cottagecore Life. Today, we are going to change gears a little bit and talk about something practical for those who are in my listenership and the people that they share things with in passing or in their groups could find useful. This is something along the line of occupational therapeutic aids almost. Now, wait a minute. I know you're saying this is a cottage core podcast, and I also told you that we'd be talking about life and a lot of other things. But it does relate to cottage core, and the way that it does is because one of the things about cottage core is that there is a certain emphasis on the leisure arts. Leisure arts also include sewing, needlepoint, you know, cruel work. Don't be cruel. No. I heard that groan. I know my mom joke got at, got you at the beginning this time. Huzzah. No, really. You have to understand that as much as we would like it to be a world where everyone had the same flexibility and the same abilities and dexterity and a you know gift to be able to hold all sizes of needle see everything thread everything stitch everything effortlessly that is not the world we live in at any time the world that we do live in has every, every level of ability, every kind of emphasis on what you can do, what you can learn to do, what you can't do anymore, and ways to get around it most of the time. So today, I want you to open up your big book of stuff, and I want you to look under adaptations, or leisure arts, or elder studies, It really comes down to what you think it should go under. Because today, we're going to talk about how to get around having difficulty sewing because you may have arthritic, impaired, damaged, or just a little bit of slippery fingers in your hands. Today, we're going to talk about sewing aids for those who have difficulties in holding the needle. Let's get started. In the introduction of this episode, we did cover different kinds of sewing arts, but understand there's probably more sewing styles than there are shells on a beach. But there are general kinds. I want to also emphasize that some of these hints may work with other textile workings, such as weaving, crocheting, knitting, Viking finger weaving, hand knitting. There's so many different things to choose from. 
when it comes to doing arts where you're using a thread. So as you can and as it suits you, you can adapt whatever may be useful from this episode into those hobbies as well. Now there's different ways that we can lose the flexibility and dexterity in our hands when it comes to being able to engage in these kinds of hobbies and these arts because for some they have actually risen to the level of an art form. In fact, especially if this is your vocation, you may find that some of these tips you already know. But for the rest of us, it took a little digging and some hard-won experience. I've been known to bead a thing or two, and holding that needle is not as easy as it used to be. So when I'm trying to sew, and it's giving me a little difficulty to hold that thread, I found that using an adhesive kind of agent that's not a glue but something along the line of tacky finger can help in not dropping the thread or the fiber. You might be able to hear the breeze in the background and the birds. The reason I stress fiber as well as thread because it's not always about just thread Sometimes it can be actual spun uh, plant material that you've made into a form of thread, almost like a cordage. Remember, all needle eyes aren't small, all needles aren't small, and all needles aren't metal. And there's a very loud bird in the background. So keep that in mind that this is not only aimed at someone who uses regular cotton thread. It's also aimed at people who may be using embroidery floss. And if you're a ballerina, it can also be applied to dental floss. Because I do remember when I used to fit point shoes that dental floss was a little bit stronger than regular thread when attaching your ribbons and your elastic. And that's your ballet moment. <laughs> Sometimes the problem or the challenge for adaptation when sewing doesn't lie with the fingers sometimes it's the overall hand the base of the matter when you get that ache in the palm of your hand and for those of you who read palm or practice palmistry i'm talking about in the plains of mars or the center most areas of the hand and you know sometimes it's even under the mount of venus which is that big fleshy part under your thumb or on the Mount of Luna, which is that area at the edge of your hand. But sometimes when you have those aches and it's hard to 
flex and extend and you're trying to sew, that pain can prevent you from being able to maintain a level of stillness and accuracy. Or for some others, it's a circulatory problem. When you get to the point where you might need just a little bit of assistance, you may want to try using fingerless gloves. Now, this can be as simple an operation as getting a pair of latex gloves and cutting the fingers off and customizing it, a nice smooth fit where it doesn't cut off any circulation, or you can go all the way out and get some leather gloves or even some baseball gloves. Ooh, those birds are singing. And uh, use those. But of course, you would have to alter them. So if you're going to do this, there'll be some investment involved. Please don't wrap your hand because you will find that not only is that a circulatory issue possibly, but it also limits your range of motion. If you try this, let me know how it works for you. Now, for those of you who really study grammar, you may have caught me say there are such a thing as, and that is incorrect. I wanted to insert this little section into the episode because believe it or not, when I said it, it was because I was in the middle of a thought and I try not to have weird stops and starts when I record, but sometimes I lose my thought almost mid-sentence if I'm distracted by something and there's a groundhog here. So I stopped the recording and then came back to it. But I do know proper English, I promise. I do know grammar. I used to tutor grammar. So do forgive me for that. If it caused you some sort of pain, if you're in the unicorn society, I am so very, very, very sorry. You might even want to (laughs) send me an angry letter if it makes you feel better. Ooh, that rhymes. I don't do that all the time. Hey. Okay, so back to the show. times when using equipment meant for one thing can be of benefit to use it for another use. And in this particular example I'm going to give you, you may want to use an embroidery hoop stand as something that could hold any small sewing project without it just being about embroidery putting a cross-section up of material that you're stitching together and using something like batting behind it or even just some other backing that can be torn away. And when I say batting, I don't mean the thick quilting batting, like the super thin kind that you don't mind getting away. Usually it's 
used for a feasible web, but we're not going to get into sewing. I am not a seamstress, nor do I purport to be, although I was a pretty good costumer of a casual sort. But what you would do is take the portion that you're using, put something behind it. Uh, I'd recommend maybe a thin layer of paper bag or something thin like muslin that you don't mind tearing away and using that to give yourself foundation and then putting that seam or whatever else to your small sewing project it has to be a small one and using that to hold it still and up where you can get to it especially if you have difficulty in your neck and shoulders bringing the work towards you rather you going toward the work can be a great deal of pain-saving difference. Now, I would be wrong if I didn't talk about the fact that not everyone is making aprons and doilies and bonnets and drink covers. There are those who are making leather notions they're taking the thin leather or their little pelts and they're stitching through them with leather needles but perhaps it's a little difficult now the amount of force is not there that you need to make this something you can consistently do for more than two or three minutes if that's the case consider using special pliers needle nose pliers needle nose pliers are excellent for this to grip and pull or push those needles. Same thing with an iron thimble or a heavily reinforced set of thimbles. Using larger needles can help as well. If the work is extremely delicate, I understand you might not want to, especially if you're using a thin needle. But if it's through leather, the needle is usually not that thin because it needs to be able to have enough strength to push through. So that's another recommendation for adaptation I do recommend. Now earlier in this podcast episode, I did recommend using homemade adaptation gloves for those who have difficulties. But if your arthritis is particularly pronounced, you may want to take it a step further. There are gloves, arthritis gloves, that are out there if you want to spend a little more money, as well as crafter gloves. You heard me, there are gloves just for crafters. You can usually find them in many websites or quilting shops. If you're fortunate to have a huge store around you, you can probably find the specially adapted scissors and shears as well. If you're not sure if they have them, ask someone at the counter, preferably someone who's been there a while, because they usually know where all the good stuff is. Not always at the back of the store, but more often than not, in some obscure location you'd never look. Now perhaps for you, the problem doesn't lie in the hand itself or the fingers. Maybe it's in the wrist. 
If that's of concern, there are such a thing as wrist wraps. You can buy them pre-made. You can use athletic tape. Please don't use bandages. They are not the same thing. If you're not sure, then give a call to someone at a craft store and ask if they know about them. If you can't get your answer there, check Amazon. Or, as always, never discount the wisdom found at your local library or in a support group or craft group. They've seen it all, done most of it, and are pretty much bored by anyone who thinks they know before they get there. So maybe bring a little coffee or a donut and have a chat. You may make new friends. Okay, so I have one more thing that I'd like to cover before we go too far, and that is that especially if you're older or have had an injury or suffer from even juvenile arthritis, you may need something called a shoulder wrap. There is actually something called frozen shoulder, and it gives us a very severe limitation into the activities in which we can engage and believe it or not you use your whole arm you really do when you're sewing you know it's more than just the thermal elbow pad you really do use your whole musculature on that side when you're working your your project as well as the other side with the different muscles to hold it in place so if your shoulder is giving you a lot of difficulty which does affect the whole arm and the hand and the fingers, then this might be something to look into. A shoulder wrap is something that you could really talk to an orthopedist regarding or even your primary care physician, someone who practices sports medicine or even the local coach at the high school. You'd be surprised who might be able to give you information on this. And as always, check online and see if someone else has used it for this kind of thing. And once you get the knowledge, don't be afraid to share it. You know, once we learn something, it's kind of our responsibility to shoulder the burden of sharing it. I, I heard you groaning. Oh, come on, don't sigh like that. You know that was a good joke. Come on. Seriously? Fine. Moving on. And I guess the last thing is that whenever you look for an adaptation, don't always think that you have to spend a lot of money. Some simple ad some simple fixes, some simple homespun knowledge or passed down wisdom from other crafters can be a great thing. And I keep saying thing. So if you've been following the episode, we've used the word thing so many times. So you might want to do something fun like take a little, you know, bite of a croissant every time I say thing or eat a cucumber sandwich or something. It'd be a great tea party trick or something. Okay, whatever. So and the word something counts. <laughs> so, 
just trying to um, give you some more fun because I do want my friends to have fun. I love sharing things with my friends, especially friends, especially fun. And we're friends, right? I hope that these tips will help you. And I hope that for those who may have been discouraged because of changes in their lives or because of things that have always been that may have made them feel that they could not pursue an interest or a hobby or a desire to craft that yes you might be able to do it you just have to try as my mom Mary Nesbitt would say nothing beats a fail but a try so tell me how it works out for you and I can't wait to see you next time here on my magical cottage core life find me on anywhere that podcasts are being broadcast and you can find me on Facebook if you have a project that you're sewing share it in our shire I'll see you then